Welcome to Senior Connect, a podcast by Okra. In this episode of Feed Your Brain, host Andrea Parado talks with Jean Rakesh, CEO of The Lantern Group, to discuss dysfunctional behaviors associated with dementia, how and why they occur, and what to look out for in your own loved ones. Hello, and welcome to Feed Your Brain. I am your host, Andrea Parado. When do most families that are caring for adults with dementia and Alzheimer's usually seek help? When they are physically, emotionally, and mentally exhausted. I am joined today by Jean McKesh, CEO of The Lantern Group. Hello, Jean. Hi, Andrea. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I have a big question for you. Okay. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. In your estimation... How long has an individual with Alzheimer's or dementia been living with the disease by the time they arrive at a memory care facility? And what impact can that have on them? Great question. Excellent question. You know, this is something that uh, as, a, as a provider I struggle with. I sometimes uh, feel that I wish I had uh, seen this uh, senior. I, you know, this senior was my client. 15 years ago. Yes. Or 20 years ago. I experienced the same. And uh, there's so, so much more I can I could I, I, I could have done for 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 the senior. And uh, it, you know I know it's not possible all the time. Uh, studies have studies show that before a person, before an individual gets an official diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease. They've been living with the disease for anywhere between between 15 to 20 years. Wow. That's what the study shows. Yeah, 15 That's to 20 years. That's a long span of time. That is, because when you look at the stages of the disease, you've got seven stages. And each stage, there's a time frame for each stage. And uh, it pretty much qualifies that 10, 15 to 20 years because of the time frame that they, that one, you know, one, experiences or 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 is in that stage in that particular stage there are some stages you know that would last for seven years there are some stages that would last for 10 years there are some stages that would last for four years or five years so it makes it makes sense that uh, they would be living with the disease uh, for at least a minimum of 15 years before they get an official diagnosis and the reason being is uh, early signs uh, of alzheimer's uh, memory loss. Mm-hmm. And you and I, you know, as we get older, you know, uh, our memories are not the, the way it used to be 10, 15, 20 years ago. And I still remember that when I was a child, I could remember everyone's name, everyone, everyone's name. And I used really would get, you know, I would look at my teacher and go like, why can't she or he remember every child's name? And, and I can't. Phone numbers. And phone I remember numbers. Every, oh I don't know yes. a phone number now. Yes. <laughs> I don't like this new smartphones because uh, it has made me made it smart. too easy right <laughs> made me no, not, not smart not smart <laughs> intellectually i should say um because i now i don't remember even my children's phone number no i don't know the numbers because it's so easy for me to look their numbers up um so and as we get older we think that it's because of age you know we're becoming forgetful so we don't really seek medical help Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And 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 uh, on top of that, we also engage in very good compensatory strategies. Good compensatory strategies where we may have reminders on our phone. We may have a little book 
where we write things down, or we follow so we we can follow a certain sequence uh, to retrieve our memories. You know, uh, the memories that we we cannot recall right away. Um, so uh, that all helps. So so we think that's that's normal. That's normal process of aging. Actually, memory loss is not a normal process of aging. It's oh. not. <clears throat> uh, just because you're old doesn't mean that you, you're forgetful or you lose your memory. It's because you have too much information to process and you have to cut through all the noise and, the, uh, and, 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 and sort through because your brain now has all those memories. Like my brain has the memories worth about 45 years of age, uh, 45 years of uh, memories. And it's all, you know, filed in different cabinets in my brain. And I got to figure a way to pull all the, every single one of them out. It's like, a, like, it's like a computer. You know, you've got folders and files and there's a certain path that you have to follow. Uh, if you want to go into, uh, you're looking for a file, you've got to really follow. You've got to go figure out where it is, go to that folder and then go to the file. And remember the name of the file. And then remember the name of the file. Exactly. <laughs> what to look for, right? Exactly. In a similar way, our brain, you know, has followed the same pattern and, in, and it, it, it's, they they're able to retrieve you through various cues, visual cues, auditory cues. So that's another reason I think they 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 you know before you get an official diagnosis, almost like twenty years. Uh, that could be one of the reasons. Hmm. Can early diagnosis facilitate and enhance the quality of life for somebody that's living with Alzheimer's disease? In my opinion, absolutely. I, I think so. See, for example, let's say that if I have a genetic predisposition, which means that you know my mom had has Alzheimer's disease or my grandparents had Alzheimer's disease, then you know I know that in the chance or the risk I have the, I, I, I have that risk. I'm carrying that risk. So let's say that when I start experiencing forgetfulness, and I, I have to consistently use compensatory strategies. I'm, I'm, I'm subjecting myself to risks where it, it could be very harmful to myself. Since I have a, a predisposition, since I have a genetic connection, it may not be a bad idea for me to get checked. And now, well, the thing is, if you get checked and you know, they do a CT scan and then let's say that they tell me that I've, I have amyloid plaques and, and, and tau protein in my brain, how would that impact me? I'm, I'm, I'm in my 40s and I'm going, oh my gosh, I've got this now. And am I going to live with that fear? So that is something, you know, for us to consider and think about. Uh, but uh, if you do have, a, if you have a, a genetic predisposition, I would say, yeah, it's not a bad idea. At least to take the, um, the MMSE test or assessment or, um, you know, other cognitive tests. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Well, thank you very much for that. That's interesting. And um, may I? Can I? Ask, yes, uh, please. One more. I was as I was thinking about the early diagnosis. I want to talk a little bit about behaviors. Please. Um, see, to for for me, a behavior is a form of expression. Yes. It's a form of expression. You know. If you see me upset or if I, if you see me doing something that is not unusual for me, that is not how, how I, that's not something that you see on a, on a regular basis, which means that 
you know, that's something that's bothering me. I mean, if you, when you look at a child, uh, I can think of my, my, my younger son. And uh, when he was a, a four-year-old or a five-year-old, his form of expression of his death satisfaction was to cry, mm -hmm. to scream, mm -hmm. to yell, mm -hmm. or to disagree mm -hmm. um, with me all the time. I see that with my daughter even now. If she doesn't like what I'm saying, you know, and she doesn't know how to argue that, you know, in a very healthy way mm -hmm. with me, she would say things to me that are hurtful. Yes. And uh, it, that those are my cues. I know that she's not happy, you know, or something is bothering her in her school. Someone said something to her and she doesn't know how to articulate that or share that with me because she thinks that if she shares that information, I may think that. She's not able to stand for herself, right? And 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 I, and I, she would behave a different way. So you, you, the behaviors, I see a behavior as a certain form of expression, and this is very important. And I think that anyone that has a disease, as they go through the disease process, they will they will lose the ability to express verbally, okay, articulate verbally, right. And uh, their only form of expression could be through certain behaviors. Okay. Okay. Now, why is behavior important, um, you know, when it comes to Alzheimer's disease? Let's say that I have a disease. And I don't get an official diagnosis for 15 years. Okay. I have now... Because of the disease, I may have developed a certain form of expression, certain behaviors that may not be functional, that may not be appropriate. Right, right. Okay. Now, I get my official diagnosis. Then I'm going through the disease process. Now, I get my diagnosis. Uh, let's say that my family members think that, you know, they're embarrassed by the diagnosis or they are, you know, or it brings shame to them, or they're, they're, there's a, a form, form of guilt or other emotions that are not, that, that are not healthy. You know, they, they could ignore the diagnosis or they may say that, you know, I feel bad for my wife or I feel bad for my mom. It is my responsibility. I was not a good daughter. I was not a good son. I need to take care of my mom or take care of my wife. I'm not, I'm not being a good husband. It could be anything, any role. And then you don't get medical intervention. And that behavior that uh, I'm expressing, okay, or the individual with Alzheimer expresses, and if they keep expressing the same behavior, if they keep presenting the same form of expression and behavior, mm -hmm. what happens is because of neuroplasticity, Neuroplasticity is where you're able to shape and form your brain. You can, you can build your brain. You, want, you can make your brain the way you want. And, 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 and all, along with neuroplasticity comes learning. The brain learns certain things. What is two plus two? Four. You don't think twice, right? Nope. Five, five plus five. Ten. What did you have for breakfast Sunday morning? Now you're thinking. It's not a conscious memory. You're thinking. Right. Right. 
But the 2 plus 2, 4 and 5 plus 5, 10, you were able to just say it right away because you've repeated that learning mm -hmm. more than 400 times for, for neuroplasticity to happen, for the brain to learn a new skill, a new art, a new craft, a new learning that has to be repeated at least 400 times. That's what it says. Anywhere between 400 to 450 times. I didn't learn about breakfast on Sunday 400 times. Exactly. You, because I didn't <laughs> ask you that question 400 times. So right. you, you didn't have to produce that information 400 times. Plus two plus two, you had to produce that information throughout your yes. life. Yes. You know, in one way or the other that it came into play. So the brain has remembered that. And there's, there's actually a network just for that alone. So when you have behaviors that are not appropriate, when they're, they're dysfunctional, and, and, and when you don't get medical intervention or appropriate psychotropic drugs or counseling or things like that that is very needed, that particular behavior, when it is presented or when it is practiced, I use the word practice because when it's presented every time, and if it's presented more than 400, 450 times, the brain learns that as an, a task, a new task. And then okay. it becomes very difficult for you to wean that individual off that inappropriate, inappropriate behavior, like screaming, yelling, yeah, getting, getting up in the middle of the night and walking out. Yeah. When you're in an environment, you go around plucking things, tearing things apart. Okay. You know, breaking stuff. So it's in, 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 in essence, it's like not um, redirecting a child's behavior so that they learn a better way to express themselves if we continue to let the behavior just go and not actually focus on, on the dysfunctional behavior, it'll just continue. It, and will, the, and it could will become a permanent behavior, behavior. As, as they go through the disease process. If, if the theory of neuroplasticity is true, you know, what I'm just, what I just shared mm -hmm. will happen. Okay. Wow. So that's why it is so important. Early intervention is very, very important. Early intervention is very, very important. Uh, if, if you have a, a predisposition, you know, get an assessment done. I, I do assessments on a regular basis on myself. Do you? Just, just to make sure, you know, because who, I, who knows? And more so now they're saying that studies are showing, when I say they, studies, show that Alzheimer's disease is a lifestyle disease. Hmm. So I may not have a, a genetic predisposition, but you know, if I have, live a very unhealthy lifestyle, you know, smoking excessively, smoke, uh, drinking excessively, doing drugs, even marijuana, even marijuana will prune uh, the neurons. Studies show that. And, 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 and if I don't eat well, and if I don't sleep well, what about head trauma? Head trauma is huge. Head trauma is huge. You know, that also increases your risk. Um, if one has Down syndrome, Down syndrome increases the risk for developing Alzheimer's disease. Um, so the key thing is our lifestyle plays an important role. Uh, if I don't uh, study, research, read, learn, um, that's why I always like to question the status quo. I always like to challenge the status quo. You know, if you try to tell me some, if you try to convince me of something, it's very, I don't believe right away. I'll have to do, go do my own research because now that I'm not a believer, I will believe you because now you've given, triggered my curiosity. Mm -hmm. Now you've said something that I've not seen, I've not known. 
Now I want to go learn about it. So th- those are some of the things I think, you know, keeps the, our brain healthy. So if it's important to get that intervention um, right away. Um, your dad does not have Alzheimer's because of you. You didn't do anything wrong or you didn't do anything bad. The guilt should not drive the intervention process, you know, or your husband is having the disease because of something you did, right. or you could have done better. Or you could have, no, that's, that's not true. That is not adult. I can, I can, I'm telling you directly, looking into the camera, that's not true. The disease is, you know, the, 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 the downside of the disease, the problem of the, with this disease is, unlike other diseases, it not only affects the individual that has the disease, mm-hmm. it also impacts and affects the, disease, uh, the, the people around. I always say it's not the disease of the individual, it's actually the disease of the family mm-hmm. and friends. It profoundly affects everyone uh, around that person profoundly affects everyone around that person so it's it's very important to get that early intervention and and again it's not because of you well that's good it's not because of you it's not what you did or you could have done better um you know early intervention is very very important oh good thank you very much um i think that if um, we got an earlier diagnosis, then we could actually start working a little bit harder on our brain power and hopefully slow the progression. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Andrea. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit us at www.okra.com for more great content. <laughs>